All right. Okay. So welcome to another episode of Too Scared to Sleep. Hooray. Thank you, Insomniacs, for being here. We have a special episode segment tonight. We are going to be talking to Mike Cardenas, the founder of Midnight Paranormal Society, located in San Antonio, Texas. Very excited. We've known you for a couple of years. Just, we're so excited to have you on. Just, uh, <laughs> I'm going to start just rattling off questions so that you can talk as much as you can. How long have you been around? I actually started MPS back in 2008. April of 2008. So you, you guys have been around for quite a while then. That's a, that's awesome, dude. Yeah, great. Definitely. Actually, just uh, just today, I, I was going through my email and I found an old video, man, for when I was trying to edit some video together to let people know who we were. And it was so nostalgic. It was, it was crazy. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I remember two years ago when we met at um, at that Paranormal Fest. Mm-hmm. And you had a really good presentation, a really good YouTube oh, presentation yeah. that you had running at your booth. And so, you know, you, I, I'm sure that you've come a long way since the, since you started in 2008 as far as video editing <clears throat> and all that other stuff. Um, yeah, definitely. So tell us about your background. I mean, what got you interested in the paranormal? Well, just real quick background on me is so when I was a child, um, we were living in an apartment complex here in San Antonio, Texas, um, near the Marbach Military Drive area near John Jay High School. And so at this apartment complex that I was living at, my mother's neighbor, which they were really good friends, asked my mom if my mom can host the birthday party of the lady's son at our apartment. And, but the thing is all the apartments are pretty much the same. So I'm like, the only, the only reason why she was asking uh, is because she wanted my mom to cook food, right? Like typical Mexican woman. She's like, just, can you cook for us? My right. mom was happy to do so. And so my mom was cooking the food and, you know, me being a child, I was sitting on the sofa, everyone's talking, having a good time. And I'm just sitting there, you know, my only concern was, is the food almost done? Right. And so I'm just sitting there. <laughs> And all of a sudden, these two teenagers walked in, and the one, the main guy, which is my mom's friend, son, who was, it was his birthday, he already passed away as an adult, but when he was alive as a, as a teenager, he walks in, and he and his friend have this thing in their hands, and they're talking about this game, and so when I see them set it up, you know, I had no idea that it was the uh, the Ouija board, and so oh, the shit. Ouija board was, yeah, it was brought into our apartment complex, or into our apartment, and just to paint the picture for you, the apartment's upstairs, downstairs. So the bedrooms are upstairs. The living room's downstairs. The restroom is upstairs. So you couldn't go, you know, you had to walk up the stairs to get to the restroom. So I'm sitting there and my mom's talking in the kitchen to somebody and they're playing this game and, you know, people are coming together to play it. My mom comes from the kitchen and she's all hot and sweaty and, you know, tired from cooking and she's taking a quick break. And all of a sudden she sees them playing the game and she comes like, hey, what is that? And when she recognized what it is, she, I, I never forget her yell so loud, party over, get the, and she just threw everybody out. And as everyone's like, what, what, you know, it's the middle of the birthday party. I had to use the restroom. So I kind of started walking toward the stairs and mind you, the sun already was going down. So it was already getting dark. And so we have a, a light switch at the bottom of the stairway. And so I flipped it on. I started walking up the stairs and uh, as I, get, I get to like the middle landing of the stairs the light that's on the in the stairway just cuts off, just turns off. And I look up and I'm like, man, I got I to gotta use the restroom. So I just kept going. And I get to the very top of the stairs and my room's to the left. My mom's room's to the right. And the restroom's directly in front of me. <clears throat> I look to the left and there's a man who's at this old school desk that was given to me. It's like a desk chair combo that's connected. And I look over and I was, I was a heavyset kid. And so I, I couldn't fit into that desk. It was too small. 
And all I kept thinking was, how was that grown man able to fit in the desk? And I'm now I'm a child, right? And so I'm like, oh, well, so I go to the restroom, do my thing. As I'm walking out of the restroom, now my room's to the right, my mom's room's to the left. And the stairway's directly in front of me. When I look to the right to look into my room, the gentleman's still there. And he's kind of like looking towards my window. And I never forget, he turned not, I don't think it was so much as he heard me. He was just trying to look. And when he turned to look at this, it wasn't like he was looking at me. It was almost as he was looking just in that general direction. And I never forget his eyes. He had brown eyes. He had dark hair, kind of short, you know, and he had this look about him like if he just seemed heartbroken or just sad. And I'm like, oh, well, and I just kept going down the stairs and the light's still off. And so when I get to the bottom of the stairway, my mom's laying the last person out of the apartment. I said, mom, mom. And she's like, yes. I said, your friend's upstairs. And she's like, friend. So we walk up there. When we get to the middle part of the stairway, before we get to the top, the light that had been off cuts back on and it just, boom, turns on. And we stop and we look up at it. And then we walk to the top of the stairway. And as soon as we get to the top of the stairway, my room's to the left her room's to the right when i look into my room the man's gone he's no longer there so her instinct was just to go look you know clear the top floor see if he's hiding you know trying to hurt us she looks around and she can't find nobody so that was kind of like the first experience if you will that i had no idea was an experience but that was the first time seeing a full body apparition of this person and it wasn't like a transparent ghost it wasn't it was a full body person there sitting in my desk and it just led to many more things to come. That is horrifying. I love that. Oh my goodness. That was the best scariest story that I have ever heard. I was deeply enthralled. That was fantastic. The hair on my face, because I hardly have any hair to stand up. (laughs) The hair on my cheek standing up straight up. That was amazing. And also, also horrible that that happened to you, but also very amazing. So, just right from the get-go, you have these experiences with the paranormal. Do you feel yeah. like you are sensitive to those things? Um, I feel like everybody is kind of sensitive. You know, some are, are more sensitive than others. Um, but I feel that there's some people who they don't want to know about these things. They don't care they, they, if they exist or don't or if they're real or not. And so some people just choose to ignore it. And then there's other people who they have these gifts where they're almost like a beacon of light. And so these things are attracted to their energy or, you know, they can kind of sense that this person can feel them or see them or whatever the case is. So they come because imagine being a spirit, you know, we're all going to be there one day and no one living being able to hear you or see you or smell you or know that you're there. And then here comes this person who is extra sensitive to, if you will, to this thing. And they're like, Oh my God, here's my opportunity. And boom, shows itself or tries to get your attention. You know? No, I know that you are, basically a lecturer and you do a really good job at uh, <clears throat> and you do a really good job at educating people. You have seminars, you know, pre-quarantine, you had seminars where people could come and learn more about your, uh, your organization and just the basic the basics of paranormal investigation as a whole. Did you ever go through any kind of formal or informal training? Uh, it, it was pretty much all self-taught, you know, um, when, when you come into the field and the paranormal to be specific, it's not like where you can go to like a police academy or, or to, you know, the firefighter department, you know, anywhere where you get these, these classes or, you know, training. When you come to the paranormal, no one, there is nobody in this planet. I don't care if you've been on this, in this planet for a hundred years, there's no one who truly knows how the other side works. We're all, it's all, you know, hypothesis and, 
you know, theories and, you know, all these different things, but it's, it's not like there's one person. I mean, we may know through research and, and again, we may all be wrong about what we think we know, but you know, it's kind of just self-taught, uh, self-taught. You kind of go with it, you go through your investigations and you just kind of learn as you go. And, you know, there's some people who they get that information and they're willing to share it. And there's some who are not, but you know, any information that I gathered through my investigations or even through other investigators, you know, I'm all for sharing that because if there's someone who's new coming into the field, if they don't have to work as hard as I did and the information that I've gained, I can provide them and it'll be a little more easier for them. I'm all for that. That's great. Yeah, it's awesome. It's, it's really excellent, especially as people uh, like me and Jake who are coming into this, you know, want to get more into the paranormal aspect of it, more into the, you know, the exploration. Um, it's really awesome to have, you know, a friend like you, who, you know, who has all this experience both in the hunting and in the teaching. And I think it's, it's awesome. And it's great to hear you speak. And we've been fans of yours for a really long time too. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Okay. So it's 2020. How many members of MPS do you have right now? And what are the right now? Right now we have, let me see, I'm going to mention their names. So myself and Jeanette, Jeanette's my sister. She is also founder of MPS. So that's two of us. And then we have Matthew. He's our tech manager. We have Kayla. She's a cleanser. Um, We have Robert. He's a a field investigator. Ronnie's a field investigator. And let me see who else we got. We got um, Hector. He's a field investigator. Oh, and then Mario, he's also co-tech manager. So we have eight of us in the team. That's That's amazing. Awesome. Can you um, elaborate a little bit on what a cleanser does for you? Yeah, sure. Um, so, and, and I wish Kayla could be here to kind of go more in depth, but from what I've seen, and try to kind of give you like the general, you know, of it, a cleanser is somebody who uses certain methods to go in almost like you're removing energy from a location. You go into a location and in this case, Kayla, she's she's part Native American, part Jewish, and she has her own methods that she's learned along the way. And she'll go with sage, cedar, um, just all these different types of uh, things you can get from the, you know, from, you know, they have stores that sell these sage sticks and stuff, but she has her own concoction that she uses and she'll go there with that sage and with prayer and she'll go into a location and, you know, she lets the spirits know, listen, you know, th- this family or this business owner, this individual they don't feel comfortable comfortable you being here. <clears throat> we ask that you respectfully leave. And some put up a fight. Some don't. They don't want to leave because this person may appear to be like a, a past loved one, or maybe this is where they grew up in this house, and so now it's a new family living there, or maybe it was their business at one time, and now it's a new business there, but they they only can see what it once was versus what it is currently. And so they're putting up a fight to leave because they're like, well, who's going to take care of my business the way I did? Or who's going to take care of my kids the way I did? Uh, so they have that, they're holding on to that. Um, and then you also get the ones that have horrible attitudes. Like, you know, one of the theories is, you know, how you are in life. When you pass over, you may carry that onto the other side. So if you're a shitty person, excuse my language, you know, with the bad attitude, you may have that in the afterlife. Who knows? We don't know, but we've seen that before. And so, um, you know, we go, she'll go and she'll cleanse the location. Um, and she puts holy waters in the window. And what she does is she'll leave, she'll crack the window open or crack a door open because you never want to cleanse a home and, and have everything completely shut in because all you're going to do is whatever's there, it's going to be trying to, it's trying to escape somewhere and it can't leave anywhere and you're just pissing it off. So you have to leave a window open or a door open that way as you're cleansing. It's like, imagine you're getting a broom and you're sweeping all the dirt to one general location. And that way you can kind of like pick it up and take it out. So you're, you're getting all the energy, whatever's there and trying to guide it out. And so as it 
goes to the front door or to the window, it has a way to escape. And then once it leaves, hopefully it can go find peace or just go somewhere else. Uh, but that's what she pretty much does. And I'm sure she can explain a little better, but that's just what I've, what I've seen throughout our investigations. Okay. And so you talked about tech manager as well. So what kind of technology do you use on your investigation? <clears throat> so we, we, we have a, a variety of equipment. Um, one of, you know, we have a DVR system, you know, where we can run security cameras, you know, uh, throughout the location, whether it's a house or a business or, you know, open land. I mean, we, 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 uh, we have security cameras that way, you know, unfortunately we, you know, not unfortunately, but, you know, we all blink and the cameras don't. So we need to this consistently recording and, and, you know, just there, it's our extra eyes. And so we also have handheld uh, camcorders like Sony Handycams. Um, we have 4K cameras. Um, we also have still shot uh, cameras like, you know, DSLRs. Um, I prefer Canon. Um, and then uh, we have digital voice recorders. You know, whenever we investigate, it's good to have that. It's like almost having extra ears in the location with the digital voice recorders. Um, you know, again, with the still shots, you take photos because sometimes, you know, we may not see something there and you take a photo, boom, we snap it and there's something there. Um, we also have custom devices that we use like and i'll show you this one i just got it for my for my early birthday gift it's called the edi plus meter right here oh awesome so i'll show you real quick and I'll, and I'll, <clears throat> i can't see it but i'll explain what it is so for you, for you two you two fellas this is the edi meter and so basically what this device does it's like it, it combines imagine like if i'm walking i have to i have to wear a vest uh, with several different pockets that so can hold se several different devices. Well, this thing eliminates having to carry all these different devices. It puts different devices into one housing. So uh, it does um, the vibration meter. So if I have it down on a flat surface, like a table or wherever we want to have it, and let's say we have a camera on it, and we're nowhere near this device, and something were to walk by it, whether it's us or the spirits, it, it, the moment it uh, senses vibration, it's going to go off and the lights will light up right here. And then it also has uh, the milligauss, the, the EMF. So it, it'll be, pick up on any kind of energy source. And then it has the temperature, it has pressure. So it has all the different devices in one. So it's like a, you know, it, it's just a, a universal thing where you can just get this thing in however you need it. And then also too, it records onto a little SD card that way. Oh, that's really handy. All the data that was recorded, it's on here, and you can put on a graph, and, you, and it'll break it down from each individual thing and tell you what was recorded. So we had devices like this, you know, flashlights, you know, just a lot of different devices that we use. And uh, Matt, as him being the, the tech manager, his duties are to make sure that when we're, do, when we're doing the client interview, um, his job is to ask questions like, you know, because I'm, I'm, as founder, I, I, I am in charge. You know, I oversee everything. What everybody does individually, I, I make sure that everyone's, you know, running it, doing it right. But as we're asking questions, Matt has to be proactive and say, okay, so where in the house is the more active? Where do you consistently have experiences? And that way he knows where to position certain cameras. That way, you know, if we're investigating, let's say we're nowhere near that location and we want to kind of give that area space to allow whatever's there to do its thing, we at least have a camera documenting in that specific area. And so he has to take note of that. And then once he has all the cameras positioned where he feels that, you know, it would be good to start recording, you know, I give him a thumbs up, we lock it down and then we pray and then we start investigating. But 
he's in charge of making sure all equipment's accounted for. Um, if anything is missing, I tell him it's coming out of your pocket. So he makes sure that he doesn't lose anything. So he's uh, all over that equipment. But of course, everybody in the team, you know, he doesn't do everything by himself. He everyone, you know, pulls their weight, but he's the one who's in charge of all the all the technology. That's amazing. Yeah, that's that's really cool. I really like a lot of the technology that goes into it, but I really like that uh, that piece of equipment that you were showing us. It's oh, a, it's yeah. like a multi tool, but for ghost exactly. hunting, it's awesome. Right. Yeah. As you go, yeah. as you do investigations, you hear about things moving, which the vibration meter is going to work. You hear about people oh, yeah. using EMF readers, and they and they go, you know, they'll spike when something comes along. You've got a temperature meter because you'll have hot and cold spots in areas, and then of course you'll also yeah. have. Uh, changes in pressure that people feel but at the same time it's good to have a measurable scientific device that you can actually say look it wasn't just us it wasn't just our imagination this third party um this third party impartial sensor actually picked these things up and we can and we can look at that and say look we weren't making it we weren't making this up you know when we saw that move when we felt that spike this 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 piece of machinery picked it up yeah i'm sure that's invaluable that's awesome yeah, and actually, real quick, shout out to the the the, the team who actually makes these devices. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> There's a team here in Texas, in Austin, I think it is. Uh, and here's their name. It's called Centex Paranormal. Uh, they're actually the founders of this device. They created it. They created themselves. And uh, you know, I'm fortunate they're here in Texas. But uh, for those who are listening, if if you want to pick up one of these devices, just go to the website and uh, centexparanormal.com, and, and and you'll see. They have different colors. I went with dark gray, but they have different colors. And if you don't want to have to carry all these different devices and you just want one and just good to go, man, pick one up. They're really good. That looks amazing. We're definitely going to post that to our Instagram and our Twitter so, so that we can give them a shout out as well. Yeah, for sure. So back in, oh, I was going to say, uh, just a year ago, you had been invited to investigate over a certain, a certain period of time, the Spaghetti Warehouse in San Antonio. Oh yeah, definitely. That was a. Uh... Tell us more about that. <clears throat> so what ended up happening was, you know, because whenever for us NPS, you know, I'm very, I'm the kind of person that I'm a go getter. You know, I, I don't, you know, it's like right now. And now we're now with COVID, we're kind of on on stand still, and you know, it, a lot of things. I'm used to going like 100 miles an hour, and it's like now I'm like barely doing anything, you know, and and especially I'm trying to, you know, like I said last Friday. I was told I was negative, and then Saturday tell me I'm positive. It's like, what's going on? You know, ridiculous. So, anyways, when things were not like this, um, you know, I was from all over the place trying to get investigations. You know, I have I have somebody who does a little bit of everything, like you know, case manager, cleanser. I have all these people doing all these things for me, but it's like I'm um sometimes it's hard to release the reins, if you will, because this is my baby. You know what I mean? Right. And so I want to be all over everything, but I still got to give them their 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 time to do their thing so anyways i was like everybody let's start looking for investigations and you know i had uh, we had a client who we were investigating for on the south side and she herself said hey have you have you investigated spaghetti warehouse i'm like no i thought about it but i have never been there and she mentioned how she and her husband or boyfriend went with some team one time because it was like a, a a public thing they went to the spaghetti warehouse and they they went to the basement or they went somewhere and it was some crazy stuff happened. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to look into that. So then Mary Lou, my, my case manager, she reached out to them and she told them, you know, can we investigate? And, and uh, 
it took it took a few weeks and they finally responded and when they did we were like i mean we we're just over the moon i mean it was awesome and they're like yeah you can come investigate and it was so amazing because we go into the spaghetti warehouse and there's like a, a train cart in there and they had this long table specifically for us and you know it had mps on there it was just like it was so amazing and so where they're eating and uh we have people who come out with us and we're sitting there eating and all these people are seeing us with our, our team shirts on and people are coming up like who are you guys you know what is it you're, you're gonna do and the workers coming up and it always feels good when people ask you questions especially me about this and uh anyway so we're telling them the, you know paranormal investigators we're mps we're gonna do an investigation after we have dinner and the place closes and um after dinner is over they close the place down. We're waiting for them to finish clean. And every person who literally was in, it was a packed house. Every single person who was there, we give them a business card. After it was over, on top of our viewers, could we go live during our investigations? On top of our viewers watching, almost everybody who was there eating dinner was watching live on Facebook to see us do our investigation, which is really amazing. That's and so, so cool. Yeah. And they're like, oh, my God, we saw these guys at the Spaghetti Warehouse. And we were just there. And so, um, you know, we did the, we did the initial investigation, and we got some really good stuff. And uh, I'm, I'm gonna tell people right now: if you're ever going on a paranormal investigation, you know, whether it's inside, outside a location, make sure to get plenty of rest because that night I was so excited the whole day. I had woke up like at six in the morning, and I was up all day until it was time to go, and I didn't get no sleep or nothing. I was just so in this adrenaline rush. Then when it got about midnight, you know, almost one in the morning, I was sitting next to the DVR system watching the monitors. And I'm sitting there and I'm just like <sighs> I'm like I'm like falling asleep at, at the at the command center. And my team's like, Mike, Mike, you're falling asleep. I'm like, what? So make sure to get plenty of rest before an investigation. But uh that place it was just so amazing. And so we went for a part two of the investigation. And I walked up to the lady, um, uh, shout out to Shelby from the Spaghetti Warehouse. I know it closed down. It's horrible. But Shelby, she was our contact there. And I said, can I talk to you? She's like, sure. I said, look, let's have an event where we can uh, do a thing where we can invite people to the public to come out at a certain time, certain date. And we can offer them or, you, you know, we'll do it to where. We all make, you know, we'll make money from this, um, you know, where we can sell tickets or however we're going to do it, or they'll pay at the door and they'll, they'll buy a meal. And then once the meal is over, once you close, we'll, we'll provide them, uh, we'll, we'll have an investigation and they can be a part of it. So they're like, let's do it. Let's, let's do it. So we went through with it. We sold tickets, people showed up and we have photos on, on, on our Facebook page where you see where the, there was, it was more ladies than in men. Uh, you know, besides my team members, it was like only one guy and the rest were all women. And uh, it was a good turnout. People came and, you know, they ate some good food. And then we started investigating. And a lot of people had so many experiences. And, you know, that place, unfortunately, closed down, you know, due to who knows what, you know, mainly I'm sure it's COVID. But um, it's unfortunate it closed down. But that, that place was definitely haunted. It had some really uh, eerie things that occurred there that we still, we have a lot of footage of. Actually, I got to go over that stuff. But uh, that was a... Uh, definitely a hot spot and unfortunately it's closed down now so anything about the spaghetti warehouse specifically that stands out to you that you want to tell our listeners well uh when we were there 
<clears throat> um, some of my members went down to the basement and they did an EVP session. And what was really interesting was uh, Matthew, Matt, our, our uh, tech manager, you know, he was asking a lot of questions and, you know, it, people were taking turns asking questions. But it, in the background, what was really interesting was I, we kept hearing, well, we didn't hear, they didn't hear the owners. I didn't go down there because it was wet and, um, you know, my asthma gets, it got real bad because a lot of dust down there. And I didn't want to go down there. So I'm watching from the command center and they're asking questions. And for some reason, what was really odd was when we did the playback on the audio, you can hear what sounded like almost like people screaming in the background, like a, like a, just like a big commotion, you know, and, and, and again, there was no screaming. It was completely dead silent. You know what I mean? And you, and uh, Matt was like, cause he, his question was, he said, is this a portal to hell? And then you could hear in the background, you could hear almost like, imagine like a, uh, I don't want to say a concert because it's too loud, but you know, you just hear like, <sighs> like this weird, like a, like you're drawn out, like you just cries, but it was like kind of faint, but you could hear it well enough on the on the audio, but just not. They didn't. They didn't. They never acknowledged hearing that when they were down there, which was really interesting. And then in the, in the second floor, a lot of people get, kept getting affected by something up there, and we actually documented um, a woman's voice up in the attic, and that place. It just anywhere you went, in that place you you we were getting stuff. Whether it was a ghost box, you know, session whether we're doing EMF sweeps. I mean, we, we, throughout that whole building, there was just always something happening, which was really amazing. But the one thing, cause they, they started selling stuff from the, when, once they closed down, they were selling stuff off, auctioning stuff. And the one thing that I wanted to buy from them that I wish I had the funds to do it, uh, they had an armoire that they had from the main spaghetti warehouse in Houston, cause that one had closed down due to a flood. And that place was really haunted. And, and that armoire apparently, uh, the original owner had a little girl who got trapped in it. And the girl, I think, I don't know if she suffocated or something happened to her where she passed away. And so that armoire didn't, it, 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 you had to open up the key, but there was no knobs on this, like a door handle. It was just like, I mean, it was completely smooth and you had to stick a key in there and the, and the key thing wouldn't work. And so, you know, they would say that every now and then they would hear a little kid talking and when they would look, the armoire door would be open in the bar area of the spaghetti warehouse. And so I was like, dude, when they, when they were selling stuff, I was like, Oh my God, I wish I can buy that and bring it, you know, start my own little like haunts museum, you know, that would be yeah. the first piece, but they sold it off to somebody. But uh, that place had so much activity. I wish it was still open. You should track that thing down. Yeah. That's amazing. I was thinking that same thing. It's such a, a shame. shame. We need to have a paranormal yeah. museum here. Like what Zach Baggins has in Las Vegas. Dude, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. That'd be so cool. And that the whole spaghetti warehouse trip just sounds amazing. Sounds like y'all got some really excellent, you know, had some excellent experiences and had some really excellent activity there. That's, that's spectacular. Um, The question I wanted to ask you is, do you do all your investigations pro bono? Do you have some sort of uh, Patreon or some sort of patronage? I mean, honestly, patronage. But honestly, you know, we, we ourselves were a nonprofit organization. I mean, we have the whole board of directors. I mean, we went to the whole secretary of state, like we did all that stuff. Um, so we don't charge for what we do. And even if we weren't a, even, even if we weren't a nonprofit, we still wouldn't charge for this because a lot of people who go through this, um, some of it may be their fault. You know, they may conjure things up and some people may not necessarily, you know, it's not their fault. They're just at the wrong place at the wrong time. We're just passionate about what we 
do so. I mean, we never charge anything. I mean, we do, we do accept donations and, you know, people come to us and like, Hey, you know, we want to donate either. It could be money or equipment, you know, anything we've been, we've been donated a, a, a TV one time, like a 32 inch flat screen. And I told him, man, no, no, I don't want it. I don't want it. And he was, he was, if you don't accept it, it'll be, it'll be like a slap to my face. I was like, what? And so I took it of course, but you know, I mean, people have donated stuff to us, but we don't ever ask, like, we don't just come on and be like, hey, man, can you donate 40 bucks to us or, you know, gas money? We never do that because we're there because we genuinely want to make a difference for individuals who, you know, are going through this. Because here's the, here's the thing. A lot of times, and this is just my opinion, the reason why so many people get scared of the paranormal and, and what goes on is of, of not being educated, not knowing, you know, it's like, it's like when you're sick. And you don't know what it is. You get scared because you're like, man, what am I sick of? And then when you go to the doctor, what happens? They tell you, okay, this is what it is. It's a, it's a flu or it's this or it's that. And then once once you the, the unknown is gone and you know what it is, then you you're, you have that peace of mind. So us as investigators, as a team, when these people don't know, they don't know what's going on. I mean, it could be a spirit that maybe is trying to leave the, the location, but it's stuck or doesn't know how to, you know, it, it can't verbally say, hey, I, I'm stuck here. I need a way out. So it may do certain things to get get the person's attention and they're taking it as, oh my God, it's a demon in my house. Not everything's a demon. It's very rare that you're going to experience a demon. Um, but the thing is, we like to go into a location. We like to bring awareness to the community as a whole. We like to educate the community as a whole. And we like to, you know, just we, me, I'm a, I'm a big believer in prayer. My faith in God is very strong. I'm not a holy roller by any means. You'll see me in church all the time, but I believe in God and I pray to him and, and, I, and I feel that I say, God, you know, whoever you want us to help, please connect us. And man, I'll tell you what, this is no lie. I, I mean, I used to get blown up emails, calls, you know, people referring somebody and all these people, I mean, we would be back to back to back on cases, you know, and uh, we tell people, listen, you know, we don't charge for what we do. We do it because we care. You know, all I ask is you just cooperate with us, whatever information we request, you know, just be open and willing to share because the only thing that's going to stop us or hinder the investigation is ultimately you. If you keep information from us and we have to find out a different way. So to not to draw out the answer, but we just, we don't charge because we just, we, number one, we're nonprofit, but ultimately because we just want to make a difference for people. So, I mean, we don't ever ask for money, but if people say, Hey Mike, would you like a donation? I said, listen, you don't have to, but I mean, if you want to, you're more than willing to. And, and, and whatever money we do get that people donate, we never use it for personal use. It's always for MPS necessities or needs. You know what I mean? Absolutely. That's amazing, man. That That's super cool. And I love how passionate you guys are about this. That that speaks volumes. Definitely. Yeah, I got to say that um, just, I think that your success, the success and the, and the visibility that you have, because we talked a little bit about this last week, but how you have, you know, thousands of people who watch your Facebook live videos oh, yeah. and the, from all over, not only the country, but all over the world. I think a lot of that has to do with you having the right motives to doing this. You being a nonprofit, you only asking for donations and you doing it out of a, out of a sense of humility, you know, and it really doesn't matter whether you believe or not, you know, whether you say it's because of blessings from God or it's because you're putting out good energy or because you're putting out good karma, whatever it is, I think it's coming back to you and you're, you're getting in return on that investment of you, of you being such a good person about it and having the right motivations to it have, have created a level of success that you've seen. And I think you're going to continue to have the same, the same or even more success as you continue because of 
how well you're doing it. Um, Can you think of any other strange or scary stories that you want to tell the listeners? Yeah, I mean, so I'm 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 going to tell you one. But the reason why I enjoy talking about, you know, personal experiences of mine um, and even the team they share theirs is because there are so many people out there in the world who have been affected one way or another by the paranormal. Some people who they're too afraid to speak up about these experiences because they're afraid to, you know, be laughed at the ridicule. They're afraid that they're going to be shot down or said they're crazy. And so I love to, I'm very proactive about sharing because I, I, I hope my hope is that by somebody hearing my experience, maybe they can find strength or courage within my story. And maybe they'll be like, you know what, this person just shared their story. Maybe now I can do that same thing. And in turn, they, speak up and it becomes like a chain reaction everybody starts sharing so that's why i'm so i love talking about this because i'm just hoping that it can cause some kind of reaction you know the action causes the reaction and hopefully people speak up more anyways absolutely so i have so many different stories but i'm gonna talk about one right now uh so this is back in 1990 i want to say 1997 i believe it was i was about 12 years old and we were living on the south side of San Antonio, kind of near um, Military Drive in Five Palms, so near like the base, like, uh, Lackland. And we were living on the street. Uh, um, I believe I forgot what the name of the street was, but anyways, we're living in this neighborhood. And um, I remember we were there, and you know that was one house where people didn't come to us. The neighborhood kids like, how do you live in the haunted house? Like that was one house that we never. No one told us anything about it being haunted or it was scary or spooky. So we're like, finally, we moved into a place where no one's talking about ghosts. So we were there um, one evening and there was a marathon going on. And I think it had to be summertime or something because we were out of school. And I remember the, the original Piranha movie was being played. And I was like, oh, my God, like we're all I, I'm the eldest of seven siblings. And so at this time, um, think we were all there except for my youngest brother Zachary because uh, he didn't come till later on um, but anyways we're all with my mom and my mom brought a mattress from the room to the, the living room and that way the, the smaller kids and myself we can sleep on the bed because we're going to watch movies all night till we fall asleep and so we're watching these scary movies and my grandmother had given a TV she gave us a TV that she had for years and um, I never forget the TV because it, to me, I feel like it was a little bit, I don't want to say advanced at its time. It, it just, it, um, cause you know, it was a box TV, but what was cool about it was at the, where the buttons are at on the, on the, on the bottom of the TV, it was like preset buttons. Right. And what was cool about it was each button, as soon as it would, um, it would, the lights would come off the TV, the, the buttons had built like, uh, I guess they had put these strips or, some kind of glow-in-the-dark sensors in there. And so as soon as the light went off, they would start glowing, which was really cool, right? It would glow like this green color. And that way you can kind of see what preset it's on. And so we're watching on cable, and uh, we're laying there. And slowly but surely, uh, my mom was on the sofa. We had a cat named April that we saved from this. Uh, we're walking down Military Drive, and there's a big old flower bush area, and we can hear a little kitten crying and we went to it and she was by herself scared 
I don't know if her mother ran off somewhere. So we picked her up and we took her home and we took care of her. And she was like one of the siblings. Like my mom, I mean, she would feed her by mouth. Like she was spoiled. So anyways, my mom's on the sofa, her head's to the right of the armrest. Her legs are to the left. And uh, <clears throat> a poor cat was on the armrest near my mom's head. And me and my, my siblings and I are laying on the bed. And we're looking towards the TV. And so we're all getting all into it. We're all scared and we're like having a good time. And one by one, everyone starts dropping. The kids are falling asleep. And finally, I, I guess I dozed off and I thought I was watching the movie the whole time and I was really asleep. And as I'm asleep, I, you know, I felt like somebody was trying to wake me up. So I opened my eyes and I, I looked to my right and oh my God, I want to yell so loud. My mom, my mom is, imagine it's like it's dark in the living room. All the lights are off. And the only light that's on is from the hallway, which is on the other side of the house. And so it's completely dark. And I look like this to my right. And my mom is kind of like this, like, like kind of like looking almost close to my face. And I, I, I could kind of like got startled. And she was like, she just put her finger to her mouth, like, shh. And I, and I looked at her and I made, you know, I was like, what? And she pointed towards the TV. And what was really crazy was I looked towards the TV, right? And on the TV reflection, I can see, of course, the hallway. And you can see partial of the hallway and the light on from the hallway on the screen. And the TV's turned off, right? And on the bottom of the screen where the buttons are at, you can see the glow-in-the-dark kind of like one by one turning on on the screen, on the TV, turning off by itself. And it was like somebody was coming and just messing with the buttons. And I'm like... And I'm like, and I wipe my eyes and never forget. I wipe my eyes like, am I tripping? And I look, and you can see the the glow in the dark, like it's lighting each one individually. And and I'm, I'm looking, and she goes, she looks at me, she goes, we're two fingers, like look at the screen. And I look, and all of a sudden you see this on the reflection of the of the, of the TV screen, you can see like a, a you can see a shadow against the wall, like if someone's walking or moving back and forth in the hallway. And oh. and I and I as soon as I saw that I froze dead in my, like where I was laying I just froze like I couldn't I couldn't even get the blanket to put over my head I just I froze and and all I can do was not even blink just look at the screen like I just wanted to see do I have time to get up and wake up my siblings and we run out the door because I mean the door was just right there or do we just act like we're sleeping what if it's a person trying to come in and kill us you know and so all of a sudden what added to the effect was on top of me you know being scared there our cat stands up i mean quick all of a sudden she goes like she just hisses real loud and you see you know how the cats their backs get real high yeah. and she got all fluffy and she and like she was like like with her little paw like swiping towards that direction and she was already, oh, kind no. of big already. and all of a sudden i kid you not she leaps from the armrest she leaps towards the hallway and you just hear and, and, and like she, it, you can hear the sound of her body getting slammed against the wall. Like if she's oh, fighting no. with something and you can oh hear, I mean, goodness. I guess she's ugly and, and like growling or whatever she was doing. And I mean, she was going to town, man. And you can, and then also you heard like if someone fell, a big body fell and hit the wall, boom. And the cat's like, Rah! I mean, going crazy. And my heart's racing. I mean, I'm like trying to catch my breath. And my mom's like, like panicking it, but she don't want to yell. She's like covering her mouth. The kids are asleep. They don't hear none of this going on. And all of a sudden, uh, you can hear like someone trying to get up. 
and my mom sits up and I'm like, oh my God, like this thing's going to come in here. Whoever it is, is this man or this person and we're screwed. I can't wake up the kids fast enough. And also uh, you hear like something just kind of runs off and this is all carpet in the hallway. It's not like it's a, um, a tile, tile or, or, anything. or anything. And, and you, you can hear the footsteps walking off and then April comes running fast, jumps on the sofa and you can see her, her, her fur looks wet and animals don't sweat. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, at least I know of. So, so that's why they, that's why they, when the dogs are they pan because yeah. they, they don't they don't they don't sweat. Yeah, and so she looked like she was wet from her body, which was really where her fur looked wet, and it was just uh, the weirdest thing. And she was like licking herself. My mom grabbed her, and, and my mom, my mom's hands were like really moist. Like it was really weird. I don't know what grabbed her. We got up finally. She, my mom's like, "Let's go check it out." So even right now, like, I'm getting like goosebumps on my head. Like we go over there, turn all the lights on, and my mom's like, "I don't know who the hell is over there." I got a big ass knife and I'm going to stab the shit out of you. Like my mom was all crazy. And we go in and, and, and we look through all the rooms and there was nobody there. Nobody. And that was just like, that was just one of those nights where I was like, Oh my God, why? Like things were fine until that night. Like, you know, it was just one of those moments where it's like, man, finally we find a house that's not haunted. You know what I mean? In our journey. And then this thing happens. We don't know where it came from. We don't know if someone sent it or if it was just there lying dormant the whole time. But, it was that one experience that happened there and that just truly terrified us to our core. But our cat, man, she, she didn't mess around, man. She got up and she went to action, man. She started fighting off whatever was there and it took off. That's good amazing. for the never cat. Saw it again. Yeah. I've got mad yeah. respect for the cat. Absolutely. Yeah. That was a phenomenal story, Mike. That was so much better than I could have hoped for. Absolutely amazing. I mean, it's terrible that it had to happen. That was just one of those things where it was like, it was just mind-boggling, man. I mean, and especially you know, being, me being a kid and nowhere thinking about being a paranormal investigator. It was just, I was just terrified, man. And but it, it was a, at the end of the day, it was a cool experience. Now that I think about it, I'm like, man, you know, I, I wish, and I always tell us to people, I wish that we were able to afford at that time a camcorder or some kind of camera because if I could have documented all these moments that I had, I would have some of the most amazing evidence known to man. You know what I mean? It would have been just Absolutely. amazing to have all this collection. Cause that sounds like something straight out of a movie. That's that's, that's amazing. Than, I mean, the cat was covered in ectoplasm. I mean, when does that ever happen? I mean, the cat get yeah. The cat it was it was free. weird, man. Oh yeah, that's amazing. And your lights just went on. Oh gosh, that's great. No, no. Uh, <laughs> Tina, turn the light on. Turn it back on. She's adding to the. Don't do that with us. You're scaring us. Uh, you're scaring him. We're easily startled. He is. Uh-huh. I'm easily startled. No, I'm the voice of reason. Mike, we want to thank you so much. Now, tell us everything, every every place that we can find you along social media. How can people get in contact with you? All that stuff. Yeah, and if you have anything coming up soon or anything you want to plug. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, real quick, if you if you want to try to find uh, and see kind of like uh, our past investigations or anything MPS, uh, we have, if you go to Facebook, uh, you can go to the search bar and uh, type in Facebook or facebook.com forward slash paranormal mps or just type in midnight paranormal society and uh, you'll see our um, our page that we have over 10,000 followers uh, so you, you can't miss it um also uh, if you search groups uh we have one called midnight paranormal society midnight watchers because our viewers we make it more um you feel like you're a family you know we nicknamed our viewers the midnight watchers our supporters so you can go to that group page also, we have a YouTube channel. It's still under construction. We we're, we're trying. We have so much content that we're trying to figure out how to you know get together and put it on there. Uh, so if you go to YouTube and you type in Midnight Paranormal Society, you'll see some of our videos there. 
Um, and then also we have Instagram, just put midnight.paranormal.society and you can uh, see our Instagram. Uh, and if, for those out there, if you yourself <clears throat> have, you know, a story you want to share, or if you are currently being plagued by the paranormal and, you know, we keep everything confidential. Um, we do request that we, we, you know, we like to go live on Facebook during our investigations because it's all about bringing awareness and, and hoping that others can find courage within this, you know, our investigation. So, um, but we do confidential. If you want to talk to us about anything you're going through, you can email us at paranormalmps at gmail.com. That's M as in Mike, P as in Paul, S as in Sam. So paranormalmps at gmail.com and we'll answer it. I, I get it right away. So I'll answer as soon as I see the, the email. So that's pretty much it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mike. That's super cool. Uh, I hope all of our listeners check out Midnight Paranormal Society. They're a phenomenal company run by an awesome dude. It's super cool. Like I said, we've been fans for a really long time. We're super excited to have had you on. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to have been on, man. I'm, I look forward to being back on whenever you need me, man. I have so many more stories to come. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, I know. We look when, forward to it, man. When the quarantine, when the quarantine ends, you know, we, we definitely have to get together and, you know, trade these stories out, write them down oh, yeah. and report them, definitely. go on an investigation together. I would love to. Oh yeah, definitely, man. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you so much for being on and um, we'll keep in touch. Okay. Definitely, man. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. All right, and we are back after a short break. Uh, that was our interview with Mike Cardenas of the Midnight Paranormal Society. Uh, just fucking awesome interview. It was super good. I it loved was. being able to talk to him. I was really impressed. Like, I mean, I, I know I said it in the interview, but as he's telling those stories, because I don't have any hair on the top of my head, but the hair on the side of my face on my cheeks started to stand up from the suspense and the fear that I felt when he was telling those stories. It's crazy. Those stories were so cool. Like It was so much more than I expected. It absolutely. was really, really cool. Yeah, I'm so glad that we had him on. Yeah, absolutely. It was really good. Fucking awesome. Check out Midnight Paranormal Society, please. They're a really cool unit. They're just awesome. They do a lot of really good work. And, and you can tell in the interview. Yeah, they're non-profit. And they just have they have so much passion for what they do. And it, it really shows. Mm-hmm. And they really raise the bar as far as professionalism goes for paranormal investigators in the San Antonio area where we live. Absolutely. So in addition to having Mike on the show, something else that we're doing is, since we don't each get to have a topic this episode, we actually have something really special for the back half here. Uh, we have a listener story that was submitted to us based on our Instagram post. And I'm very excited that we finally got one of these. If you guys have any more, feel free to send them our way. We love this. We're really excited to be able to share this story. So this one was sent in to us by Darby Youngblood in Boulder, Colorado. Uh, So shout out to Darby. Thank you very much. And I'm just going to pretty much read word for word exactly what they typed. So let's just get on into it. On the first day of November, the day after Halloween, I was cycling to Wendy's after my final day working at my shitty job in Spirit Halloween. I continued to cycle on the road while cursing my shitty bosses and co-workers. As I continued to accelerate, I caught a glimpse of what appeared to be another cyclist. I double-checked my blind spots to make sure I was in the correct bike lane. I was, but he wasn't. I tried flashing my lights to signal that he was headed the wrong way, but he didn't listen. I sounded my bell, and he didn't respond either. It almost seemed as though he was headed on a collision course to my direction. 
I tried to turn my bike the opposite direction as to not hit him, but he was also switching to my lanes, intending it to hit me. By this point, I accepted that more than likely I was going to collide with him and I just shouted, Hey! loudly, thinking he would hear me. I braked immediately for impact and shut my eyes to keep from seeing the damage, but I felt a cold breeze and, and a dark shadow come over me. I opened my eyes to find my body and bike intact. I turned around to see where the cyclist had went, but he was gone, as though he was never there to begin with. The other drivers on the road gave me looks of confusion as to why I braked suddenly while shouting. As soon as I pulled up to Wendy's, I immediately texted, I immediately texted Rudy and Dad to tell them what happened. Neither of them believed me when I told them I think I had a ghost past my direction. The only plausible explanation that Rudy could have possibly given was that it was a spirit crossing back into the mortal realm for Day of the Dead. I haven't seen any more, quote, phantom cyclists since, let alone in broad daylight, but that shadow is something I won't forget. How fucking cool is that so story? Cool. That is fucking awesome thank you so much darmy yeah better than any story we could think of i, I haven't had that many good stories i mean not in a long time yeah well you know it's kind of hard to to live up to personal stories mm -hmm. you know because it just it hits so different but fuck man it's really cool i love these kinds of listener stories and just anything that we can get from anybody else i think it's awesome but a whole ass not just like a full-bodied apparition but like a whole ass ghost on a bicycle mm -hmm. that's Coming headed on you. a collision course for you that's fucking radical it's insane i love it yes it's really really cool um there's a little bit of a short one we just had that one um submitted to us that we haven't already talked about so just really cool again thank you so much uh darby it was really really cool uh, super fucking i'm just i'm jazzed man i'm jazzed <laughs> about it i'm excited that we're recording i'm excited that we're getting you know user interaction it's fucking groovy dude um i will say that i had one scary thing scary thing quote unquote scary thing happened to me here in my house uh backstory three weeks ago i was hanging out with alex and we were watching signs which is one of my favorite movies I fucking love signs it's dude before m night Shyamalan took a left turn and turned into a horrible director yeah still cranking out good movies at this point it was before the happening and before lady in the water destroyed his credibility but he makes signs and of course it's about an alien invasion it's about <laughs> oh my god and there's that one scene and you're not expecting it the little girl says there's a monster in my room can i have a glass of water right mm -hmm. and so you know mel gibson's character the dad takes her back to her room and he's talking to her and he's not even thinking anything about what she said and then he looks out the window and there's a fucking alien on the on the on the roof of the barn, right? <laughs> You're just like, holy shit, did that just happen? Fuck yeah. I mean, it just comes out of nowhere, and it's perfect. It's perfect. Because at that point, you don't really know what's going on. You've seen crop circles, but you're not really... You're not ready to see that. And you're like, oh my god, this thing is going there. <laughs> yeah, so we watch yeah. the movie, and I like it, and uh, my mind is like a steel fucking trap. So I'm asleep last weekend. It's about 1 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday night, and... I'm just, I'm nodding off. Boomer, my big fucking cat, is at the foot of the bed. And I'm laying in bed. And suddenly, I hear the sound that sounds like two grown men running across the roof of my place. I mean, just like... Just Holy loud shit. Loud as shit. All the way across 
the roof of the house. Oh, bitch, what? I know. No. Now, I've lived here for a long time, and I can tell you that there are cats that will that will run across the roof all of the time, and I'm used to that sound, but this was loud, right? Scared the shit out of me, and automatically my mind goes to, goes to signs. Fucking M. Night Shyamalan. M. Night Shyamalan coming after me. Now, I know in and of myself, in my rational mind, that there's nothing going on. There's, you know, my doors are locked, windows are locked, nothing's getting in. But this is not a drill. So I get, <laughs> I get out of bed and pull the shotgun from the side of my bed because this is Texas and that's how we live out here. Damn straight. <laughs> I go and check the front door, check the windows. There's nothing there. I know in and of myself that it's a cat, but it's no big deal. And that it's no big deal and I shouldn't be scared, but I just want, like, you know, if you don't if you don't take these situations seriously, then, you know, the next time that it happens, you're not going to think anything and then there's going to be a guy standing over you with a knife or something like that. But anyway. It'll just be me. Don't worry about it. It'll just be Dylan. Oh, Boomer, stop it. You little bastard. Jesus Christ. I was just telling Dylan that in this home office that I built with this desk, that I let let Boomer the cat sit up on the desk and I would brush him and pet him. And now it's become a thing where every time I sit here, what the fuck, bro? (laughs) He just dug his claws into my hand. He literally dug his claws into my hand. He's playing (laughs) murder mittens with me. He jumps up on the and he walks across and meows into the microphone and all sorts of stuff. So yeah, this little bastard. I know that's what happens when you love your cat too much. Man, I wish that we were at the stage in our podcasting career where we could have merch because I really want a little patch or an enamel pin, just just a picture of Boomer and little bastard under it. Oh my god, he's not little. God, he's fucking huge. Twenty Fat pounds. Bastard. He weighs twenty pounds. Big bastard. He's two feet long without his tail. Jesus Christ. 21 inches. That's so much cat, dude. It's telling me. Anyway, all right. That's all I got. Yeah, that was it. This is a pretty short back half for like a better term. It's so good. But the listener story was awesome, and we got a lot of really good stuff with Mike. Um, So, again, shout out to Mike from Midnight Paranormal and shout out to Darby from Colorado. Thank you guys so much for being on the show and sending us your information. We're super glad to have y'all's support and y'all's interest. And we hope we, you know, we hope we keep you interested. And like I said, if you guys, you know, anyone listening has any sort of listener stories they want to send in, any sort of uh, recommendations or requests, guys, feel free to hit us up. We have a Twitter that we're active on now. Uh, We have the Instagram we have our email. You can find us on the Twitter at Too Scared Cast and our Too Scared Podcast. Too Scared Podcast at gmail.com. There you go. So send us an email, send us a DM, find us on Instagram. Uh, we got this one and Cinema Surgeons both up and running. But yeah, feel free to stay engaged with us. We, we really, really love when you guys are able to do that kind of stuff and when you guys take that kind of interest. But we've been getting a lot of listeners and a lot of really good reviews so far and it's making me really happy i'm super glad to be back in the game now awesome okay well that's it right uh that's it for me okay well from dylan my co-host my name is jake and we hope we've left you too scared to sleep